Hello there. You are listening to the MCC Sunday Sermon. We are so glad you could join us. We pray that this message will encourage you, build your faith on your journey with God. Enjoy. Well, have you ever been in a situation this morning? We're just going to jump straight into it. Have you ever been in a situation this morning where standing up for your faith might have even been a costly thing to do? Where standing up for your faith may may mean that you may simply even lose some friendships. Perhaps you might even cost you a promotion or a job title or a position. Or perhaps for you this morning, it might even mean that you got blocked on Facebook. But imagine if you knew that standing up for your faith was the right thing to do, but perhaps a very costly thing to do. This morning, you may not be surprised, but I want you to spare a thought this morning for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who when standing up for their faith, it meant that they could actually, it might cost them their livelihood. In the book of Daniel, chapter 3, if you've got your Bibles or your phone open to you version with me, or whatever it is that you use for the Bible app, we see these three men appear before King Nebuchadnezzar because they refused to bow down before him. And then upon King Nebuchadnezzar's second request, they respond, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God that we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, then we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold before us. What these three men were saying was not that we won't bow down, but that we can't bow down, seeing that they'd already bowed down in their soul to God, that they would not bow down to this image of gold that this king had erected before them. They understood that in life, that we can only bow once, that we either bow to God or we bow to social acceptance that we either bow to God or we bow to popular opinion, that we either bow to God or what everybody else is doing or wearing or saying, but in life we get to bow to God and we get this opportunity, like these three men, that will we bow once or will we bow twice, that we either bow to God or this image of gold, but you can't bow twice. And so this morning I want to speak to you from this topic, bow once. To share some context around this scripture, if you're familiar with it, awesome. If you're not, then here we go. But King Nebuchadnezzar, he erects this golden image, a golden image of himself that scholars say exceeded 15 times an ordinary man's stature, 15 times. And here King Nebuchadnezzar is calling forth officials and governors and magistrates and treasurers, and there are 3 million people all bowing down. As far as the eye can see, and then some, people are bowing down to this image of gold. And then this man tells King Nebuchadnezzar that there are three men, not simply ordinary men, but there are three men who oversee the provinces of Babylon, and they are refusing to bow down. King Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful man on earth, used to getting his way, then increases uh, the furnace seven times, and yet these three men still don't bow. They respond and they give the speech, as I've just read, that even if we're thrown into the, fl- into the blazing furnace, the God that we serve is able to deliver us from it 
and he will deliver us. But even if he does not, then we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you've set up before us. Think about it. If you were standing right there before King Nebuchadnezzar and you were faced with this proposition, what would you do? I think more than likely I'd I'd come up with some sort of excuse, right? I think more than likely I'd probably say, well, everybody else is just doing it. I mean, look at the three million people. Or perhaps I'll bow once, but then I'll ask for God's forgiveness tomorrow. Or perhaps I'll pretend to bow, but God knows my heart. Or it's just a bow, or I've prayed about it even. I think it's, it's culturally relevant that I would bow. Or I'll do it just once. It's not like I'm going to create a habit. These, for these three men, it wasn't that they wouldn't bow, but that they couldn't because they'd already made a decision to bow once to God. And they knew what bowing twice would mean. They knew that bowing twice would mean that they would be worshipping disobedience. If you're taking notes this morning, that's the first point, to be worshipping disobedience, that they knew that they would either bow down and worship this image of gold or be obedient to their God and potentially being thrown into a blazing furnace that even the soldiers that got thrown in beforehand died because of the heat. What a proposition to be faced with. Think about what these three men were risking. They had stature, right? They had position amongst their colleagues and and they had um, position. And isn't this always the case when we're either obedient to what we know that Jesus is asking of us, which may even seem uncommon to the natural eye, or we're disobedient to what we know is true, And I know that I do this all a little too often, only to realize that I should have listened to that gentle nudge when I felt to do the thing that he was asking of me and often doing the exact opposite. Romans 7.15, it says, I don't really understand myself, but I, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. In Philippians 2, it says that Jesus humbled himself and became obedient even unto death on the cross. Now, you and I, fortunately, in this country, we may not be asked to be so obedient that we die physically, but we are being asked to have such extreme obedience that we die at times to our own will, our own emotions, right? Our own feelings of what we want to do, and yet we live according to the word of God. And yet scripture says that his authority multiplied, that it multiplied after he bowed down to his father's will. And isn't this the case that when you and I, when we bow down to the thing that God is asking of us, to only him, then our authority and who we are and who we see him as increases. It's no surprise that these three men volunteered to be thrown into the furnace because they knew what it was to be obedient even unto death. For all the parents here, first time obedience is not a new term, right? For those that aren't yet parents, it's like for a child that's running out to the car. If you can teach your child to, say, to listen the first time you say stop, then it will potentially save them from running out in a car park. It's not an easy thing to do as we've learned, as we've become parents. But isn't this this type of obedience then you and I should have, that we listen the first time, that we feel that gentle nudge by the Holy Spirit? to not do the very thing that we were going to go ahead and do, to not make that phone call while still in anger, to just wait a little while. And how many times did it take for Jesus to tell you and I, just hold off 
just have a moment before we go ahead with something. For Shadrach, for Meshach, and Abednego, to have that level of obedience, it wasn't a once-off, but the pattern of their life, right? They didn't get to this position. They didn't get to that point in their life. And then Jesus says, hey, no, you've bowed once, don't bow again. That would have been the pattern of their life, leading them up until that moment. Obedience means accepting that his will and his plan is far greater than mine, that it might not look like it or even perhaps feel it like it right now, but it is. It might mean that its timeline might look a little bit longer than I initially expected, that its list of preconceived ideas might need to be thrown out the window for now. It might even look like my expectation, my list of expectations may go unmet for a season. But disobedience, it says that we know better. But obedience trusts that his plans and that his ways are far greater. In the book of Matthew, we see four men and they carry their paralyzed friend to Jesus. Four friends, and they carry their paralyzed friend to Jesus. We see a room that was so full that they had to make a hole in the roof and lower their friend down just so that they could get him to Jesus. And I know it's no surprise, and I know that you're aware that we have this night for our ladies coming up on the 17th, right? But as I was praying about this night, only a week ago, I felt the Lord remind me of this scripture and I felt like he whispered into my heart, if you can just get them to me, if you can just get the women to me. You know, the paralyzed friend, he walks home, he walks home, he walks away healed and he walks away whole. And as our prayer team and as a team we've been praying over this night, praying that the God who created the world is speaking to, this, to Jenny, who's coming up to share, and he's speaking to her specifically about the women that are going to come on that evening, specifically about the things that they need to hear, that it is not the end of their story, that there is so much more, that it is not the end, that the obedience of the friends, these four friends who literally are doing all that they can to get their friend to Jesus because they so earnestly believe that Jesus can heal them. Yeah. And I think sometimes if you and I live with that same passion, and I'm very passionate if you cannot tell, but that's why we're working so hard. It would be much easier to book a restaurant and invite 20 of you and we all go along. But the team that are making and creating these beautiful flowers for the evening and the work that's going into this, because we so believe that Jesus can heal you. And we want to be a church where people would receive that and people would come and knowing I know that Jesus can do that in their bedroom. They don't need to be here, but there is something about being in the room. There is something about a company of women coming together. And so I am going to be passionate and we are going to work hard to get the women here that night. And so I pray that you would too. But that is me sharing vulnerably about what I'm being trying to be obedient in doing currently. They so believe, these four friends, that Jesus would make a difference in their friend's life. And you know what? Jesus proves himself faithful and true yet again. What will your obedience do for somebody else's faith this week? What will your obedience do for somebody else's faith this week? The second thing is to worship distrust. If we bow twice, we worship disobedience and we also worship distrust. Hypothetically, if these three guys were to bow again, they would have been bowing to thoughts and excuses like, I'm just not sure if I can trust you, Jesus. 
I'm just not sure if I can rely on you, God. Like, I'm just not sure if you're going to come through. You know, like he's threatening to throw me into this blazing furnace and I'm just not sure, God, if you're going to save me. But I love the conviction of these three guys. Even if we're thrown in, even if we are thrown into this blazing furnace, the God that we serve is able to deliver us and he will deliver us. But you know what? Even if he does not, then we're not going to serve your gods or worship the image of God that you've set up. Essentially, they're saying, even if he doesn't come through, even if I don't get my breakthrough this year, even if I don't see that thing that I've been praying and seeking God on every night, I am still going to trust him. I am still going to be faithful to him. They chose to trust God irrespective of the outcome. And, you know, we can have a lot of plans and prayers, but I think at the end of this year, if we continue to choose God irrespective of the outcome in our lives, then that is a great goal to have for this year. The interesting thing to note, that if these three men went on and they worshipped distrust, they could have never have told the story of walking around in that fiery furnace with Jesus. And I believe and I know that there are people here today and you are walking through situations that feel a little chaotic and a little fiery yourself. And you're going to testify in time to come but you are currently in that season. And you know what? You're going to be able to testify because you're going to be able to say, but I saw Jesus' hand on that situation. As you look back upon your life, you're going to say, I could see Jesus. You may not be able to see him now, but you are going to be able to testify in time to come that you are with him, that he is with you and that he will never leave you. You know what? And I'm sure if those three men would have asked Jesus, that if they would have wished that had gone through something else, if they would have preferred perhaps to even go through something else, and I'm sure that they would have. The reality is, is that you and I, we want to exhibit the, right, the character traits of somebody that's gone through a trial. We want to be people who exhibit patience and grace and love and kindness without actually having to be delivered an unwelcomed doctor's report. You know, we want to be people with patience and yet receive everything today, tomorrow. We want to be people who exhibit the character traits of somebody who's stood the test of time whilst receiving everything instantly. And I'm sure, like I just said, that these three men would have loved to experience the victory of coming out of this furnace with Jesus without having first walked in and through it. And isn't it funny? We meet people, some people come out of hard, difficult situations, and some of them are just so gracious. And then others have not experienced that same grace and they're bitter and they're hurt and they need God's love. And I pray that you and I, that we would be people that would exhibit these character traits, that we would be able to look back and see God's hand. The third thing that if we worship, we can worship, if we bow twice, we worship, we worship disobedience, distrust. And the third thing is dishonor. To bow twice would mean to worship, to bring shame and disgrace upon their relationship with God. And isn't this exactly what happens when we decide to bow down and worship anything but honour? For these three men, that they would rather dishonour their earthly king than God Almighty. That there was a lot at stake, like we've already said, for these three men. They weren't simply ordinary men. These guys had stature, they had position, 
and God is gathering, and sorry, King Nebuchadnezzar is gathering all of these different officials forward, but they made the call that they would rather bring shame and disgrace upon themselves even than shame and disgrace upon their God. D.L. Moody, he says, I would rather have the smile of heaven than the applause of this world. And some of you even have walked through tricky tricky situations where you've had to make the sacrifice of even the applause of this world and you're still sitting here today and God is smiling upon you. 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. When you and I bow once, God helps us and he strengthens us in this request that the eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. If you're walking through something this morning, I want to encourage you that God is wanting to strengthen you, that you are not alone. When we bow only once, we bow to honour. I don't know if you've ever been humiliated Perhaps it's for something that you believe in or something even that Jesus is asking of you. I think you may have a situation like mine when I, years ago, was standing in a lunch line. I was working at the Union Townsville and I was literally standing there to buy lunch. And as I was a few people away from making the purchase, I felt this gentle nudge, the Holy Spirit saying to buy this sandwich, this chicken sandwich for this guy that worked down the... Down, um, down the hallway. He was in the IT department. And I remember just at the time feeling like, you have, I'm sure you've never had that moment where I go in my head, I think, oh, I don't really want to be that weirdo, you know, that just buys a random sandwich, <laughs> a random sandwich for someone that I don't particularly know that well. Um, but I've been disobedient too many times to know I'm just better off just taking a step of faith and doing what I feel like the Holy Spirit is asking of me. So I buy this chicken sandwich and I walk down the hallway to where his office is amongst this group of IT people and I'm knocking at the door and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's all right. I'm like, hi Ian, hey. I'm like, oh, do you have any lunch? I'm holding this chicken sandwich, he goes, nah. I'm like, oh, funny that. I've got lunch for you, hand in the chicken sandwich. And he's like, why? And I'm like, oh, and I just run away. I go back and sit in my office. And he comes knocking down, he comes knocking. Um, and I'm sitting there and he goes, uh, why did you just buy me lunch? And I'm like, oh, I just wanted to, you know, do something nice. He's like, oh, you're such a weirdo, Wimbo. Wimbo, Wimberly was my maiden name. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And, um, and then he keeps persisting. Why'd you buy me this chicken sandwich? And I'm like, well, if you're going to keep asking me, then I'm actually just going to tell you. So I end up explaining to him. I was like, well, to be honest, I was in the line and I felt the Holy Spirit actually put upon my heart to buy you a sandwich. So I bought you this chicken sandwich. He gets his phone out, takes a photo selfie of us with holding this chicken sandwich. He's like, you know, I'm an atheist, right? And I'm like, no, actually, I didn't know that ends up opening up this entire conversation. By the end of that year, he's in church with us. I don't know where he's at today, but would he have walked into church without the chicken sandwich? It's just a silly illustration, right? But I just want to encourage us all, when we're on a God, sometimes we just almost got to get out of ourselves, get out of our own heads. Oh, I'm such a, you know, it's a funny thing or a weird thing. But gosh, God uses things. We've just got to listen and be obedient. 
I love this scripture. It encourages me. 1 Corinthians 1.27, but God chooses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise, and God chooses the weak things of this world to shame the strong. I love that. Joshua walking around Jericho. You may know the scripture of Joshua walking around Jericho and on the seventh day, thanks David, seven times on the seventh day. And I love this because I imagine, you know, the, the officials sitting on the city gates. They've had Joshua walking around, right, seven days. On the seventh day, he's gone again. And I imagine the officials sitting on top of these huge fortified walls and laughing, right, and, and accusations and shouting things at Joshua. How ridiculous. You think by, you know, doing this, these walls are going to come down. And yet God leads Joshua to victory. And I love that because for you and I, sometimes honouring God might feel like the most unnatural thing to do. And yet it is the right thing to do. Honouring God might mean like facing even some personal humiliation or shame. It might look like standing up for what you believe in when it is so easy not to. It might look like following through with something crazy that God is asking of you. It might be each day waking up and asking Jesus, help me to honour you today. In our youth pastor's Bible, in the front of it, he simply had, Lord, help me to honour you today. And I think that is an awesome prayer every day of our lives. You know, I'll never forget the phone call that we got Saturday night at 9pm from someone who we've very brief, briefly spoken with. And they'd said to us about how, and I know some of you are familiar with the story, but this, this person said to us, I was purchasing this car. I was buying this car. I went through all the specific details. As I, as I was about to buy it, I felt the Lord tell me that this car is not for you, but it's for Dan and Elise and their family. And as he hit purchase, he calls us and he says, you can go and pick it up in a few weeks. We almost didn't take the call because it was so unusual. Hardly spoken to this person in recent times. He's like, go down to Sunshine Coast, Toyota, Karamundi, and you can get it in three weeks. You know, and for us, some of you are familiar with it, but we were believing for a car. And this was in a very tumultuous season of our lives where we were believing for more children. And God had said to us, you need to believe for a seven-seater. And we're like, why? We can't even have another child, Lord. And then God speaks to this person who lives far away to purchase this car. And as he's doing so and being obedient to what God is asking of him, he's then calling us and God's answering our prayer. But you know what? Through people. God uses people. He uses you and I. And this is why we ought to be obedient and we ought to trust him and we ought to honour him and what he's asking of us. At the end of his story in Daniel chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar, he leaps to his feet in amazement because he sees that there are four men walking around. He checks with his advisors. Didn't we only throw three men in there? The advisors agree. And then King Nebuchadnezzar, he makes this statement, I see four men walking around unharmed, unbound, and the fourth looks like a son of God. King Nebuchadnezzar, he approaches them, and now he refers to them as servants of the Most High God, and he calls them 
to come out. When you and I bow once, we bow to obedience, we bow to trust, and we bow to honour. And God honours us and joins us in our fight. But here's the thing. It just wasn't about these three men. It was their faith not only changed the heart of King Nebuchadnezzar, but also for others. You just don't know what your step of faith this week, this year, may mean for the three million people that are watching you, for your employees that are wondering why when you can take shortcuts, you continue to be integrous, for your children that know that you could easily climb the ladder in your career, but you are sacrificing position and promotion because you choose to come and be there for the school pickups. For people that would rather honour God than honour the temptations of this world. For the gentleman that would rather leave a legacy in his family and turn away from the temptations of this world. When you and I, when we link hands with God, we see obedience, we see trust and we see honour. What's going to change in your workplace, in your family, in your situation as a result of your faith? King Nebuchadnezzar goes from putting anyone who does not bow down and worship him in a heated furnace to making a decree that anybody who says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego to be cut in pieces and their houses turned into piles of rubble. Unfortunately, scholars say that despite the miracle that took place and brought about deep convictions on this king, that no abiding change actually took place in his conduct. And isn't this true? That so often we can see miracles happen, we see God do awesome things, and yet we so easily turn back to old ways. But here's the key, as I finish this morning, that what God did for these three men actually helped to keep the other believers to their religion while in captivity and to cure them of idolatry. You just don't know what one step of faith might mean for the people that are watching you this week, for the family that is watching you, that wonder why you keep turning up to church when you work full-time, that why you work full-time and then you'd volunteer as well on a Sunday. You don't know what your step of faith may mean. As you continue to hold the line, you never know what your step of faith may mean. And it's recorded in Hebrews 11. It says that by faith, with obedience and honour and trust, people quenched the power of fire, that it is recorded in the word of God. What is it today that we need to stop bowing down to? What is it that this week that you need to stop bowing down to? What is it today even that you that we have to stop making excuses for? These three men, they couldn't actually bow down to anything else because they'd already surrendered their life to Jesus. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd just love to pray for us this morning. I know that there's people here and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never made him your Lord and Savior. Then today I'd just love to take this opportunity to pray for you. And then we're going to pray for people that perhaps have been bowing twice in areas. And we're just going to pray that God would meet you and strengthen you because he knows your heart. So if you're here this morning and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, I'd love to extend that opportunity. You can just simply give us a wave if you feel comfortable to do so. That would be awesome because then we know exactly who to pray for. You can simply just slip up your hand. If you're feeling that gentle nudge right now, 
to make him the Lord and Saviour of your life. I just encourage you to do so. And we're just going to pray. And perhaps you're here and there's been things in your life that you have been bowing down to that I just want to simply pray. Well, God, I just thank you for your word this morning. And I just thank you for every single person that's here, that their heart is towards you, Lord, that is willing, God, that willing to be obedient, willing to trust, Lord, and willing to honour you. And God, I just help pray that you would help us in that request. And I just thank you, Lord, that we would be encouraged and inspired by these three men in Scripture this morning. God, that we would turn away, God, when it is easier, God, to move forward in the things of this world, Jesus, but that you, we would be a company, Lord, of people. God, a church, just who holds the line, God, who is faithful in these things. I just pray for healing right now, and I just pray, God, that your joy would be our strength this week. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us. Feel free to contact us on our Facebook, our website, and jump on our Instagram at mcc.church. Also, make sure to rate and review as well as share. Finally, from all the team at MCC, have a blessed day. And until next time, bless you.